Okay. Great, welcome everybody to Morning Gallery. Uh, uh, nice to see everybody again, uh, especially the kids, which we don't see on evening gatherings, and uh, their parents. <laughs> because I've realized as a parent, uh, especially when you have uh, toddlers, you go to bed when they go to bed. <laughs> it's just easier that way. Um, and you probably want to pass out even before them, so, so that's great. Um, so basically, we're in a season called Lent, so I'm not sure, is there anybody maybe that wanted to share how Lent is going, or not going? Not going, not going. at all. <laughs> so uh, I've been fasting coffee, um, uh, which is... Uh, I would never say I'm a coffee addict. I just can't live about it. <laughs> but somebody actually asked me yesterday once again why did I choose coffee? And I said, because coffee is one of the things that I, it's like an autopilot thing in my life. I wake up in the mornings, I make coffee. Five minutes later, I make some more coffee. <laughs> it's like, and then I started my day. And it's just something that I've chosen because it's, it disrupts my day. And it brings me back to the focus, reminding myself that we're in a season to Lent, working towards um, Easter Sunday. Uh, and then and today, we are talking about a, a very common thing, I think, which everybody, every now and then, struggles to accept or um, agree with. Or it's one of those things in life when somebody told you you need to do this and then you don't do it and then later on you regret not doing it. And a simple thing uh, is called forgiveness. Uh, and we get this parable in, in the New Testament where Paul, Peter actually asked Jesus a, a question saying, Lord, how many times should I forgive? We all are coming to that, that, that question. And it actually comes from Genesis 4. So it's a thing that's, there's a way that people knew how forgiveness works. So many times you can forgive somebody and then actually if he, if he continued to do the same wrong thing after seven times, it's fine. You can like say, alright, now he's an enemy. He's not a friend anymore. He's not my problem anymore. And um, I've, I've done my fault. So just a, just a moment in your own life, how many times have you done the same stupid wrong thing over and over? It's most probably more than seven times, right? So imagine how many friends you would have lost or would have gained if we all lived by that standard. Actually, if you maybe thought that you were part of that standard of, of life, how many people would have liked you because they know I can only do seven things wrong against you and then it's done. So we're going to work through this parable and, and, and read it and try to understand what Jesus is explaining to, to Peter when he starts uh, explaining his question, or well, like Jesus always do, he uses a parable. And a parable isn't something that uh, physically happened, but it's a story to intrigue the listener to understand something new about the kingdom of God. When Peter came to Jesus and asked the Lord, How many times shall I forgive someone who sinned against me? 
up to seven times. All right, that's the question. So just if maybe on the podcast or wherever wants to follow, it's Matthew 18 from verse 21. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then usually if you are a little bit more left side brained vibes, you know, you start adding up how many times that is or should be. But it's actually not what's going on here. Because it's a ridiculous way, it's a ridiculous answer towards Peter's question. So sometimes we think, okay, great, we need to think, um, right, seven times, if you make the math and you get, right, it's a few times, but if I work out, it's going to take about three to four years for this person. If he continues in year four with the same thing, it means our um, average is over. And it's, it's perfectly fine. And that's not what's happening here. It's a ridiculous answer due to the fact that Jesus is trying to start a new conversation where thinking in Peter's mindset needs to be changed. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he regained the settlement, a man owned him ten thousand bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay the master's order, as the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had um, had been sold to pay the debt. So, Mama, <laughs> Papa, Buddy, Sissy, everybody is going to be sell, sold, sold to gain the profits. So, in a mindset, this story. Once again, it's sounding actually a little bit normal because that's what a king should do, right? I bring the people who owe me money and I ask them for my money and I probably owe another king them also money. So it's the same system you get and you receive and you pay and you pay back. And, and in the story, everybody that's probably sitting around Jesus would say, yeah, of course. You know, this is how it worked. Because if you, it's not the dead, you don't phone dead rescue. <laughs> it's you pay with your life. And if you can't repay me with your life, it means I'm going to take your wife and your family and everything that you had to repay me and they become robber my slaves or I sell them as slaves. And even if they can't repay me, it means that they will die. Because I will settle the account. That's the norm of how things you do. So this guy knew what was coming, actually these ways. And then I read this interesting article that said one bag of gold was worth 20 years of straight labor in that time. So for 20 years, he needed to work back one bag of gold. So he owned in 10,000 bags of gold. Meaning he's going to work how many years back? 200,000 years of labor running towards him. Now just for a moment, once again, Jesus, what is he doing? He's being really ridiculous. Because firstly, who will borrow that amount of money towards one of his servants? Nobody would do that. And then the other reality is, how would the king expect this man with his family and everything he had, even to be able to pay him back 
a little bit of it. So it's like saying, it's like saying like you owe me more than you can ever possibly think to pay me back. And which is quite ridiculous is the servant's reply. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. He begged and I will pay you back everything. Really? 200,000 years worth of labor, I'll pay you back everything. And we all know that everybody sitting, most probably listening to Jesus, knew that this is a ridiculous request from the servant to ask the king because he will never, ever be able to pay back the king. Never. So if you were in that situation, in that time, everybody would do, sorry, but whistle is blown, you are going to pay with your life and your family's life. There is no, there's no discussion around the reality. So even you falling to your knees is a very ridiculous thing. The servant master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. Just like that. A king just drops all the debt because he fell to his knees, which he's supposed to do in any way because it's his king. With one sentence, everything he owes the king, he asks for forgiveness, and the king says, I found pity on you. The, the Greek word there, I can't pronounce it at all. But they actually say that the, the deeper meaning of it is, it's like, it was like the king had a gut feeling. Oh, that was I. That was I. And anyway, that's always all you have as a hard know. She's my strongest dictionary. And then, um, and it was this gut feeling the king had. So just for a moment, maybe in your own life, you had this guy or the situation where somebody really, really told you, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then they went, and then you like you were found pity on him. You felt sorry for him. A few moments back, you were like packing. It was like, I'm gonna smack you, vibes. Uh, I'm just trying to uh, control my temper here so that I don't lose it. And then this guy explained the story, and then actually you were like, okay, I'll give you another day or so. And then, but then the servant went out. He found one of his fellow servants owned him 100 silver coins. So only 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. So it's like a little bit of a deja vu here. He was in a situation now, he's put into a situation. And there's something really, really, really for Peter and for us to understand, especially with his question, should I only forgive seven times? But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. So, the servants were servants of the king. 
And they went back to the king and told the king, listen, the guy that we saw you forgive, because aka you should not have forgiven him because um, he owed you everything. We just saw him. It's like that little spy in your life, but you did it. It's like, yeah, it's like your older brother or sister, or, or you, and, if you're the younger one, you're like, but he had the opportunity, so I had that, you know, they were gambling like this. And I said that he just had somebody who owned him 100 silver coins, which is a much more acceptable reality in that time, where somebody would be able to pay you back. And he did not forgive them and asked him to throw him into prison. When the master called his servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all the debts of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all he owned. So we know by now how much did he own, how many years of labor being my train that he's going to be thrown into prison to be tortured, meaning he's going to pay for his life. This is how my heavenly, so this is the crazy part. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive a brother or a sister from your heart. Amen. And Jesus left the ground. <laughs> it's like boom, he dropped the mic and he said like, well this is how God will handle you if you don't forgive. And, and it, it brings that trembling experience in my heart as well because I know there's a lot of people I'm struggling to forgive or want to forgive or don't want to forgive. And does that mean now when I die one day, God is going to say, well, you didn't forgive. So hard lines because Matthew 18, I told you, not seven times, but 77 times. So, to understand this parable actually in its completeness, we have to understand that when Jesus started this parable, he started a ridiculous story, trying to make a point. So, to understand that this guy would never be able, would have never been able to pay him back, makes sense. It's like somebody tells me, uh, Nick, you owe me 50 million rand. And all I replies, don't worry, I'll pay you by the first day. It's like I have bigger problems still first day. And and the same the same reality is what what happened here is what what Jesus is trying to explain to Peter is the moment the guy that had all the money was forgiven, he did not understand what had happened. Um, but they, they explain it, it's like it went over his head. And then if you want to make a deeper understanding of it, it's like it went over his heart. He did not understand what just happened because it is ridiculous of him to think, to going on his knees, to tell him his king, forgive me, give me time, be patient, and I will pay you back. It will never happen. The king understood that. He realized that this guy is so deep in trouble, he will never be able to pay him back. It's probably just easier to show him grace. And then he comes to in the same situation where he is challenged with somebody that owes him money. And if it really intrigued into his heart to forgive and to understand the grace that he just received, he would have told the other guy, don't worry, my debt is great. 
you can also relax and continue on with life. Jesus is trying to make the point that if you don't understand forgiveness, you will always struggle with it. It is not a thing that is a box that you tick off seven times and then it's okay. It's something that happens daily. It's, it's a process that changes your life that you have to put on repeat daily. And when it comes to the when it comes to the end of the story where, where Jesus is saying that, well, this is the same way my Father and Heaven will treat you. We sometimes, once again, left brain, go directly into that, I am in big trouble. You know, uh, there's no way I will make it into heaven. Or that God will be able to forgive me with everything I'm struggling with. Remember now that Jesus is telling a parable, a story to explain something. Because the, the grief that you will experience in, in, in this text is not a grief of I didn't make it. It is a grief of I did not forgive. In, in Proverbs we, we read that unforgiveness is like a bitter seed for who? For your own heart. Not for the person you, you, you are mad at. For your own heart. Jesus is saying that if you are going to not forgive, you are going to be the one who will be grieving. You are going to be the one that punishes yourself with the struggle of forgiveness. So the metaphor points towards your own life. And when Peter most probably was standing there and listening to Jesus, and this, this went into his heart, metaphorically speaking, he would understand that this is not a law anymore. This is not a way that I've been taught to live. This is who I am and need to be for others. Otherwise, I will deal with the grieving for the rest of my life. Now, a very important reality about this is, uh, I've gotten this question quite a lot. People tell me, okay, I'll forgive you now, so, so what now? And, and the thing is, like, it's crazy, like, kids will need to live under constant boundaries. So, our human relationships should also live around boundaries. Because if you maybe have a, a negative person in your life that you need to forgive, it means that you also need to let go of them. And, and the crazy thing is, I've always been taught in, in the past, you know, if I need to forgive you, that's sitting here, I need to go to you and tell him, well, listen, this is my problem, good. And uh, you better stop it or we're not going to be friends anymore. It's actually not that at all. Forgiveness is a thing of saying that maybe Theo has hurt me in the past. I can make peace of that, even if Theo knows it or doesn't know it. Because most of the time, like in my own relationship with my wife, uh, when we fight, 
or have a, a, a argument. She, she or I will never have known that I hurt her. You know, it was just a way of life, but I did something or she did something that irritated me. But it never bothered her. And when I told her, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, and that's the most, that's a reality about most conflict and most relationships everywhere. It's like people do things that you don't like. And you can hold them with a grudge, or you can just let it go and continue on. And there's different ways. You can maybe be put in a situation where somebody is going to tell you, um, well, you've done this, stop doing that. And you say, okay, I'm sorry, I'll stop doing that. Or you will meet somebody and they will do something towards you and you realize, well, I've got to stay as far as possible from this person because they are destructive. It's also a form of forgiveness. The thing is, what Jesus is actually telling Peter is that forgiveness is the way of life now. It's a way of how we are as followers of the way. Knowing that God doesn't point out a finger towards us, so we don't point a finger out towards the rest. And what's so great about this is I actually we um, we we watched a, an episode of This Is Us in the week where that uh, this uh, guy the forward uh, had a conversation with a judge that was about to. Um, I'm going to say, give him about five years of jail uh, because of a, a hearing problem. And then he had this conversation with the judge in, in, in the court. And we'll end up with this story where the judge says, um, do you have anything to say? Because um, it's really unfortunate like that you've been caught out of this drug and now I have to punish you for this. And the man replied and saying, to be honest, I've lost my wife, I lost my son, I've lost everything. Putting me in a box won't matter to me because I've lost everything else and I'm struggling with this. And the judge said, all right, to be postponed. And while he was in jail, the judge came to see And uh, in part of that conversation, he told the judge, that you won't understand because you don't feel what I feel you haven't lost what I've lost and they had this sit down where, where um, the, the lawyer and um, the, the man had to go into a room where he had to be prosecuted or just in ready terms and the judge was sitting there and he was like what are you doing and I said I would like to have a moment with this guy the lawyer typically, no, not of my client. And then the client said, don't worry. And they had to sit down and, and he sat in front of me and said, you know what I do for the sit down? So I sentenced people. I sentenced a guy yesterday for 15 years for stealing a team. It wasn't even that good of a team. So there's nothing happy in my life. There's nothing that comes great or good from my life. But when I saw you, he had, we could say, I had this gut feeling that I would come and talk to you and give you an opportunity 
do something good for the first time in life, that you will make a choice to stop using drugs and I will let your sentence go. The choice is yours. And you've got to watch that series to take the end of it. But that's exactly the reality of life. What Jesus is saying. You are going to get those who are most probably addicted to their way of life. And you're going to have opportunities where you're going to forgive them face to face or from a distance. But the reality is that you have to forgive. So that your life can be free. Over that person or that person can be free of their way of life. So in this week, uh, I'd say ahead of us, uh, late, uh, I would say this is maybe one thing that you need to practice in this week is a way of forgiveness. To remind yourself that forgiveness is not at all a reality that you can buy, but only can give. And that you will realize that if forgiveness cannot be bought, the only way it can be visibly seen is if I give it. Otherwise, it will only be hidden inside my own life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can just sit in this morning, relax, and realize that you are with us and always for us. I pray, Lord, that you will guide our hearts in the season of Lent so that we can understand the beauty of being set free and forgiving those around us. May we not be really great bookkeepers, but may we be really good forgivers. And help us to get rid of those bitterness experiences, past experiences, people in our lives by forgiving. May we not wait till death pay it back, but may we just give it free as you give it out freely. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I get a dose of coffee?